Arc 5, Chapter 19, Theater of Malice. Those words were spoken with both intimacy and graciousness. Hearing the bandaged figure's opening speech, the crowd could only gaze up in stunned silence. The figure, standing high above them, had a peculiar, striking appearance. Its voice was ear-piercing, yet incredibly entrancing. However, those notable features were secondary to something much greater. The reason why no one dared to move their eyes from that figure was, in fact, incredibly simple. Calling that reason biological instinct would be no exaggeration. No one would be so foolish as to heedlessly look away from a life-threatening enemy. Huh? Oh, what? what? What did that person huh? say just now? This is a joke, right? The witch cult? What's with- Delayed understanding gradually spread throughout the crowd. However, no one took action. Everyone merely questioned the people near them, as if doubting what they had heard. Just now, what did that bastard say? Did you hear it? Larkins, who had raced back towards Subaru, shared that reaction. Although he crossed the crowd and approached Subaru while keeping an eye on the clock tower, Subaru, standing at a distance from the crowd, did not let his gaze waver for even a second. A disaster would surely occur as soon as he looked away. Considering the identity of that figure, that was a doubtless fact. That is, the figure was a creature of the same breed as Petalgeus. Also claiming to be a Romani Conti. The bandaged figure had given its name, Sirius Romani Conti. Ridiculously enough, Romani Conti was in fact Petalgeus's surname, although it was impossible for that spirit of evil to have blood relatives. It doesn't feel that all the Arch-Sin Archbishops have the same family name. An entire family named Romani Conti would be far too much of a nightmare to handle. A wicked religion spreading the teachings of the witch, and a family under the name of Romani Conti, producing sin archbishops for generations? Even the thought seemed so distorted and foul, it made Subaru feel a proverbial nauseating stench. At the same time, an endless wave of anger towards the witch cult rose inside of Subaru. Although it was not the gluttony that he had been pursuing, if this was someone who could give him a lead, then... I'll try to capture it, and force it to spew everything out! Although difficult, that could force open a path to gluttony. Determined, Subaru calmed his blazing heart, and focused on finding his connection with Beatrice. Beatrice would appear for Subaru as soon as she was summoned. This was an effect of the contract between a contractor and his spirit. Deep within himself, Subaru grabbed onto their conversation, and prepared to seize it, when- Alright! That's enough! Just as he was about to call Beatrice, a shrill, dry voice called loudly from above. That voice gave the impression that it could permeate throughout the entire city. The bandaged person clapped its hands, and Subaru opened his, opened his eyes to see it watching the crowd beneath. It took 22 seconds for everyone to fall quiet. However, thank you all for your attention. I am very happy. In addition... Despite the irony in those words, the bandaged person, Sirius, kept his arms crossed as its entire body shook. Although it looked incredibly happy, the friction between the chains hanging from his arms and the walls of the clock tower created a nerve-wracking sound. You and you there, and the two buddies there, and you there too. My apologies, but please do not be so angry. I am very sorry to take up everyone's precious time. Sorry and thank you. What? Sirius twisted his body around as if it were genuinely complaining. 
Subaru had been prepared to yell, What a joke! But before the words started leaving his mouth, he noticed that he had been included amongst the four people who Sirius had pointed a finger at when saying, Do not be angry. Looking around, he saw the other people who Sirius had pointed out. They all seemed to possess some amount of skill. A demi-human with a sword at his waist, a woman in a blindfold, and Larkins, each sporting blushed faces. Those who had been named had all been people who had been prepared to take some action against Sirius. This was a warning that their plans had been seen through. <sighs> Subaru felt cold sweat begin to beat his forehead, and he stopped calling for Beatrice. He had long understood how terrifying an attack by the witch cult was, and knew that survival was everything. In the square around Subaru, no fewer than 30 people had gathered. If he was unable to find an advantage in any way, then his situation was already deadly. Subaru gave a wink to the other four who had been mentioned by Sirius, forming eye contact. The demi-human, who looked like an adventurer, caught his eye, and the blindfolded women sensed his attention, as did a sharp-looking city merchant. Only Larkin's face revealed vague confusion as he looked away from Subaru. Larkins held the most powerful card, the ability to summon Reinhardt. On the previous day, Reinhardt had cautioned Larkins to remember to signal him in case anything happened, so there was a well-established signal between them, and as soon as Larkins used it, Reinhardt would come. As long as Reinhardt rushed to the scene, then Witch Cole or Sin Archbishop or Sirius or whatever, any enemy would be cut down without fail. However, there would certainly be casualties as soon as Larkins made the signal. That was probably what led Larkins to hesitate. If sacrifices were discarded, that would be the best way to deal with Sirius. But did they have to resort to that immediately? Would those sacrifices be worth it? Okay, thank you. It looks like we all have calmed down a little bit. I understand your restlessness. Hearing the name Witch Cult did not give you a good impression, did it? I'm not planning to do anything too special. The reason I took everyone's precious time today is because I want to confirm a matter. To confirm a matter? My apologies, but please do not chatter so much. My head is not too good, so if everyone speaks at the same time, I will feel troubled. Then I'll be very sad. That would not be good, would it? If there's anything that is currently bothering any of you, please tell me. I'm taking up everyone's time, and I feel very guilty, so no matter what the question is, I will answer it. Is that okay? Sirius, from beginning to end of that speech, spoke in an intimate, rational manner, but that attitude was off-putting. That was a given, considering the sense of disgust people would direct towards a bandaged figure who revealed only its teeth and eyes. Presumably, everyone thought like this. Even at Sirius's suggestion, the, the crowd remained silent and eyed the people near them. In that case... With all due respect, may I ask a question? Since no one took the initiative to raise their hand, Natsuki Subaru spoke up, raising his. Subaru, detecting himself at the center of a wave of surprise, kept his gaze fixed intently on Sirius, who looked down to Subaru. Oh yes, please do! Thank you! You were someone who had gotten a little angry earlier, so I'm very happy that you're willing to talk to me. Uh, what do you want to know? Although I don't know what's going on here, I'm keeping some girls waiting. Four of them, actually. So, it'd be nice if you could let us go as soon as possible. Oh my! That is truly terrible. My apologies, but I did not expect that of you. Is it a man's dream to have four girls to serve? That is really bad. 
Is it not sad to leave some of them crying? We have to put an end to this unallowable disloyalty that absolutely cannot happen, that must completely be banned. Uh, oh. Sirius's voice grew more and more energetic halfway through the speech before dropping into a whisper. However, after hearing Subaru's puzzled voice, Sirius raised its face suddenly. No, no, I just got a little emotional. M my apologies. Although I try so hard to remain level-headed, I always become unwittingly excited. Thank you for worrying about me. Well, you asked when I would let everyone go? Uh, that's right. We'd appreciate it. Uh, my apologies to bother you. I am really very sorry, but there is no problem. Even though I am in the witch cult, famous for not being able to keep calm and quiet, I honestly hate troubling anyone. Though others often worry other people, and I feel very sorry about that. Unexpectedly, dialogue was fairly easy to establish, but Subaru noted something mysterious. A soft demeanor, an extremely humble attitude, and the dialogue they had exchanged. Taking that all into account, could it be that Sirius was a woman? The bandage rendered that face invisible, and the body was covered with a coat, so it was difficult to discern. The voice was high, but rather than sounding feminine, it sounded unnatural and mechanical. So that was also difficult to use as a criterion for judgment. But maybe it is a woman. Subaru thought indifferently. In fact, judging from Sirius's behavior and attitude, there was no danger in particular. Her abnormal appearance and the way that she had introduced herself led to several people being on guard. But if these factors were disregarded, then she was easier to establish dialogue with than even Priscilla. In the surrounding crowd, the lingering tension gradually soothed as people watched on curiously, as if waiting for her to make her point. Subaru did so as well, although he still felt slightly nervous. Thank you, and I am sorry. It looks like I scared everyone, but I am very happy that all of you are willing to hear me out like this. It's not like we won't forgive you, but let's get down to business already. Right, right. thanks for reminding me. Let us talk about the main topic. I appeared in front of everyone to affirm our something in the first place. Sirius shook her body while rubbing her two chains together, creating a jarring sound. In fact, rather than being off-putting, that action looked humorous. She seemed much more like a jester or a performer than someone dangerous. Subaru's face eased into a smile and his apprehension vanished. He no longer found it necessary to call for Beatrice. He just hoped that he could quickly hear Sirius out and leave. So, what do you want to affirm? Yeah, yeah, hurry up and tell us. Yeah, I'm about yeah. to be late for work. As soon as Subaru urged her on, a pandemonium of chattering began. The last man speaking pointed at the magic crystal on top of the tower Sirius was occupying and burst into laughter. As the whirlpool of laughter spread, Subaru couldn't help but relax even further. Sirius looked like she had lost to the atmosphere and put a troubled hand on her head. Sorry, my apologies, really sorry. I know everyone is busy. I will finish my speech immediately, so please stay with me for a while. <laughs> so tell us already! Okay, well here it goes. The matter I want to affirm is very simple. To put it bluntly, there's something I want to say about love. Well, that was embarrassing. Although the bandages should have covered up any blushing, Sirius covered her face with the hand, trying to cover up her shame. As everyone laughed silently and infectiously, Sirius's appearance began to seem even more increasingly out of place. 
Although I expected that I would be laughed at, it still makes me feel troubled. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you. And also, I have a request. Request? I think if everyone can stay with me for a while, I can affirm that, love. My apologies. I can really say some unruly things. Sirius stumbled through her words, rubbing her hands and chains together as she made her suggestion. Faced with such an adorable sight, the crowd reacted with a, What? Is that all? Subaru also crossed his arms, nodded as he felt the joy spread through the crowd. Sirius lit up and began clapping her hands. Really? Thank you, thank you. My apologies. The, word, the world is truly very gentle, full of love and tenderness. Whenever I understand this, I cannot help but want to express my gratitude. People are able to understand each other and care for each other. Maybe I am saying thank you and my apologies so that I can confirm that. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Serious. So what next? Ah, uh, my apologies! The blindfolded female adventurer had cheered at Sirius. As if hearing the voice of a classmate she had been friends with for a decade, Sirius caught her gaze and began laughing with her. Then, as if finally remembering her purpose, Sirius retreated into the clock tower and reached out a hand to its window. And there... <laughs> uh, sorry to keep you waiting. Well, come here! <laughs> She spoke with a friendly voice as she pulled someone through the window. A little figure moaned and writhed in her grip. A little boy whose entire body was bound by chains. He was only about ten years old, and his entire body, from ankles to shoulders, was wrapped around with a chain. He was also gagged with that chain, the corners of his mouth dripping blood. Only his neck and above were free, and he desperately moved his head, crying as if pleading for something. My apologies that I've scared you so. However, as a man crying like this is not good. Although I want to keep that a secret for you, you look like you're about to urinate yourself. If everyone gets to know that, you will be embarrassed and sad. Yes, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> if you're a man, then don't cry. Men only cry three times in their lives, and even then, only for a moment. <laughs> Sirius comforted the crying boy, the crowd below mocked that little boy at the same time. Everyone had gone through a period of time where they cried over little things, so their teasing was not malicious, but their lack of thoughtfulness was clamorous. Alright, that is enough everybody. It is true that this child is a little clumsy, but he is in fact very brave. Isn't that right, Luzbukun? The boy, who was bound by chains, was probably not very light but Sirius easily held him up with one hand as she reproached the crowd while stroking his head. Lustbell, as the boy was so called, desperately moved his head as if to place distance between himself and Sirius's face. That sight was rather humorous, and although knowing it would be demeaning to the boy, the crowd still unconsciously laughed. Excellent. Well, please pay attention. My apologies. This is Luzbel, a nine-year-old boy who lives in Pristella. His family name is Callard, so his full name is Luzbo Callard. His father is named Muslim Callard. Muslim-san works to maintain the stability of the waterways. Ina Callard, Luzbo Kun's mother, is pregnant. Her stomach has just started to grow larger, and so Luzbo Kun is looking forward to have a younger brother or sister. The Callard family lives on 3rd Street. They often go to the city park with a family friend, Tina. Luzbo and Tina Chan are childhood sweethearts and they love each other dearly. Luzbukun's dream is to have Tina Chan stand at his side and support him. 
Tina Chan is the girl with pale blonde curls, and her growing beauty as she blossoms into adulthood is much anticipated. That Tina Chan also wants to support Luz Bokun's dreams. Upon hearing of the song Delphine Betrayed by the Sunset, Luz Bokun wanted to become an adventurer just like Delphine. It is a very commendable dream for a boy of his age. Although there are many people who would laugh at the childish dream, I would not do so at all. Who could laugh at the manly spirit? I believe that Tina Chan also thinks this way, which is why she gives Luz Bokun her heartfelt support, right? Although Luz Bokun's dream is to be an adventurer, he's also really looking forward to meeting the child inside his mother. His original plan was to immediately embark on a journey of adventure, but he put it on hold, out of consideration for his newborn brother or sister. Because of the large difference in their ages, that child will certainly be very much loved. Luz Bokun is a good kid who is considerate of others, so I think he'll be a very good brother. I would also be happy everyone could support Luz Bokun's feelings. Ah uh, yes, we cannot forget about Tina Chan. In fact, the one I originally wanted to bring here was Tina Chan rather than Luz Bokun, but because I think girls are closer than boys in the kind of love that I want to affirm. However, my heart was impressed by Luz Bokun's desperate pleas. Sorry, I'm not a very strong-willed person, so I changed my mind. Ah, uh, although being temperamental is just my usual attitude. When I talk about love, I speak wholeheartedly. Oh, how annoying. I am so embarrassed. Really, my business does not matter. We should be focusing on Luz Bokun and Tina Chan because they already love each other so much. I do not know how much they will come to adore each other in the future, so separating them would make me very, very sad. So I decided that I would respect Luz Bokun's feelings and help him. So although Luz Bokun was just slightly scared and even quite a little, he is, in reality, a very brave child. Thanks and my apologies. I finished talking in a way that is convenient for everyone. <laughs> Listening to that child, to Luzbel's life, everyone understood and agreed. It turned out that, although mixed with a little bit of shame, Luzbel's courage was indeed commendable. With that in mind, Subaru wanted to hit himself for having such a ridiculous, demeaning thought earlier, but this was not the occasion to blame himself. Showing support for the boy was far more important than taking the time to be entirely self-deprecating. And so... Luzbel! Don't cry! You're the best! Subaru shouted loudly, praising the courage of the young boy who shed tears. Knowing the true courage buried under those tears, how could he laugh at that shame? Larkins, who stood next to Subaru, joined in the encouragement. Yeah, don't cry anymore. You're a man, right? If so, show us your cooler side, kid! Yeah, listen well, Luzbel! You're Priscilla's pride! Luzbel, amazing! You'll be a great man! The audience cheered up, and everyone present began clapping. That was not only a sense of praising a young man's dedication and courage, but also a beautiful scene showing the kindness of human nature. No matter how weathered or desperate one appeared, what mattered was their will to protect what they valued. And that light was what attracted people to them. For such a revelation, people could not be thankful enough. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, this is amazing. I believe that we could all understand it. I knew everyone would praise Luz Bokun's courage because he demonstrated love in his courage. If you know him, you will love him. Because of this mutual understanding, everyone now has an in-depth understanding of each other's love. Serious, thank you. Thank you so much. Luz Bokun! Sirius's eyes widened as tears began to flow freely. Seeing the bandage around her had their eyes becoming stained with those tears, Subaru felt something hot welling in his own eyes. His shoulder was gently nudged. Larkins, who stood by his side, was laughing at the crying Subaru. However, the tears in his eyes, even as he smiled, did not escape Subaru's notice. Looking around, the surrounding groups of people also seemed to share their emotions, joining arms with one another. 
Shiburu remembered watching the Football World Club. When people stood together against the world, people always looked to connect and share their joy with those who they were not acquainted with. And now, that sort of Japanese spirit was gradually spreading. There was indeed a solid bond between people. Our inability to understand each other creates barriers between us. Our minds being unable to emphasize leads to antagonism. Our inability to reach conclusions has us giving up on one another. That is all very heartbreaking. In fact, it is a tragedy. But now, everyone, are you sad? Do you feel heartbreaking? Not at all. Sadness or whatever, none of us feel that way. Thank you. So do you feel happy? Does everyone feel happy? Of course. It's been a long time since I've been so happy. Thank you, Sirius. You've worked so hard, Lost Bell. With a splash, a whirlpool of applause formed, giving birth to a circle of gratitude for the exlated Luzbell. Now, the heart of everyone here was in one single place, thanks to the two standing on the clock tower. Luzbell twisted his body and sobbed, finally opening his mouth, disregarding the chain and screaming through his broken teeth. <laughs> I want to commend your courage, your love, Luzbukun. Please look below. Everyone, so many people are affirming your feelings. Ah, oh, thank you. My apologies, Luzbukun. Although you were a last resort, I just wanted to affirm the scene. Ah, oh, ah, oh, the world is so gentle. Sirius hugs Lispel tightly in her arms. In the face of this beautiful sight, thunderous applause echoed. Subaru put his hand to his mouth and whistled. The recipient of that warm applause, Luspel, stared in surprise. That was a man who had struggled at his hardest. Even if he had no strength left to even cry, not a person laughed at him. Sure enough, there it is. We have love. It existed here. Everyone's heart became one, and that became one with such a scene of joy as well. We do not need tragedy. We are tired of a world which would have us cry. No one wants such a world. If our hearts want to connect, then we should do so through sharing joy and happiness, whether it be tragedy or wrath. No one needs any of it. That's right! No tragedies or whatever, we don't want any of it! Ah, oh, that forbidden wrath that causes hearts to tremble so. Rage that passion. If the deadly sin of passion is rooted in our hearts, if we're unable to unroot that retribution, then we should fill it with joy. At this moment, everyone's heart is connected as one. Sirius cried loudly and once again lifted Luspel into the air. However, the movement did not stop there. Sirius, bathing in everyone's admiration, tossed Luspel into the air. Please give thunderous applause! Woo! Sirius had given the flying Luspel the best possible stage. Watching the young boy soaring through the sky as if flying into the sun, Subaru took the initiative of leading the crowd into the round of applause. Roaring thunderous applause, a heavenly blessing to Luspel, who skated through that sky. The little boy spun and spun, but as soon as it reached the top of its trajectory, it began to arc downward. Luspel headed straight towards the ground. The crowd vacated where he was about to fall in a hurry. That was the triumph of a hero. Endless applause, praise for the falling boy. <laughs> Lifting his head and seeing the ground rushing towards him, Luspel moaned. He desperately wriggled his small body and exhausted, wanting to do anything he could to avoid that rock-solid ground, tirelessly fighting to his last moment. Everyone shed tears at the unwavering tenacity of humankind. Then, 
Ah, the world is so gentle. Before the fierce collision, Julius let out a sound. The applause of the crowd was heard that voice became louder and louder. As if eggshells had fallen to the ground, the sound of something breaking echoed, and everyone's field of vision was dyed red. The whole body was crushed by the hard ground head first, and what was once Lesbelle's body, which had once contained the breath of life, became a splatter of flesh in the square. The courageous boy was scattered. And just after seeing that scene, crack. The sound of eggshells breaking echoed like a round of applause. The square became a pool of bright red. That was an ending. After the sun ends and they chat again, shouldn't we prepare food and drinks for them, Natsuki-sama? Indulging in sweet snacks will certainly create a mood that will close the distance between them. Don't you think so? Immediately after he thought he had blinked, Subaru saw a dark-skinned girl stand in front of him. She put on a clumsy, flirtatious attitude as she stuck out her tongue and scratched her cheek. As if in a trance, he turned his head to see a smiling, silver-haired girl watching him from nearby, and a red-haired woman wearing an inebriant attitude, and then a petite girl who held his hand. Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, what's going on? Ignored? Are you ignoring me? Please stop it! Don't look at me with that bitterness! Ah! Stop it! Stop it! Don't sigh like that after hearing my song! Don't look so disappointed! Uh, forgive me! Faced with his silence, the girl in front of him, Liliana, shuddered as if remembering something she was unwilling to recall. Witnessing the situation, Subaru opened his mouth and... I... feel sick. Huh? Did that actually just happen? Looking at a girl's face so intently, at such a close distance, and the first thing you say is that you feel sick? I, Liliana, am even more ashamed Natsuki Summer than your mother is! Liliana pretended to be tearful, turning her face away, still keeping an eye on Subaru's reaction. But Subaru could not even notice her annoying attitude. He shook where he stood, and could not help but collapse on the ground. Subaru! What's wrong? What's wrong, I suppose? Subaru? Subaru? Beatrice, who was holding his hand, and Amelia, who stood nearby, looked down at Subaru, who had collapsed on the spot with concern. The guru grew so pale that the two could not help but hold their breath. I... I feel sick. It had been a year since he had last returned by death, and the overwhelming incident that just preceded his death left him on the verge of vomiting as he held his shaking knees. Thus, the spiral of death began once more. This time, the cycle of nightmares was staged in the city of Pristella. Once again, the curtain rose.